Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Right now, we're giving away 100 bucks to go to Optimum Golf in the Park Hill or the Rhino neighborhood. Absolutely love going there. Mia took a lesson there on Saturday. She worked with Kyle. You can use that gift card to work with Kyle. She has had three different instructors, and I'm telling you, something really clicked with Kyle, and she hit as good as she has ever hit when we went to the driving range on yesterday. So highly recommend Kyle just for starters as an instructor. But as far as going out there, a bunch of us were out there the week before. We had a blast playing virtual golf. Uh, we set up for Tory Pines. We had so much fun. Uh, and it's a way to keep our game sharp because everybody who went, we all like to play golf. Uh, if you want to host a private party, you can do it there too. They have leagues and tournaments. They have award-winning pros just like Kyle. So we're going to give away 100 bucks right now. You can use that 100 bucks for a lesson with Kyle or two hours in the virtual simulator in which you can play any course in the world. Give us a call, 303 303- 831 First caller, you're going to OptimumGolf.com, or excuse me, Optimum Golf. And if you want to book your tee time, go to OptimumGolf.com. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, ESPN did a ranking NFL offseason capital, stacking all 32 teams, assets to improve through free agency and the draft. The Jaguars and Jets, not surprisingly, are one and two when combining draft capital and cap space. And checking in at number three were the Broncos. Mm -hmm. This is what they wrote. The Broncos have extra picks in the second and third rounds thanks to the midseason trade that sent Von Miller to the Rams to go along with their own position at number nine in the overall draft order. They could continue to flesh out their developing roster or, more intriguingly, package some of those assets to acquire a veteran quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, anyone? And George Payton said it, you know, after the season was over. We have a lot of different options, and ESPN absolutely agrees with that. After watching Payton year one, I know that he did not get a quarterback in the draft. I know people were not pleased with Teddy Bridgewater, but with what he did in the draft and free agent signings and the hiring of Nathaniel Hackett, are you willing to bet on the come that he's going to make the right decisions this offseason as well. You have to, right? What else? No, you no, you don't have to at all. You don't have to. You can say, hey, he screwed up the quarterback position. Should have taken Justin Fields. Should have taken Pro Bowler Mac Jones. You could say that. You could, but I think the fact that they've gotten so much else right gives you an indication that he'll one way or another they'll get quarterback right. And now you have an offensive-minded head coach who will allow you, who I th- will allow for consistency of philosophy from year to year. That should allow you to do that. 
again, like like we said in an earlier segment, um, if they if they like one of these quarterbacks enough, again, if they don't trade for Aaron Rodgers and they like one of these quarterbacks enough to pick him, then do it. Do they? If they look, if Nathaniel Hackett says, "I believe in Kenny Pickett." And George Payton says, well, you know, we've already interviewed Pickett. He's interviewed well. Let's make sure you, you you talk to him at the Combine. And they decide Kenny Pickett is the guy that can run their offense best. Then that then then I then I I trust them to get this right. So do I. I told you I'm all in on Payton. Right. I've seen enough. And it's only one year, but I like the way he drafted. I like the free agents that he brought in, plug and play. I like the fact that he is thorough. And he's a workhorse. And he works to get it right. He interviewed 10 guys. Let's look at the guys that he interviewed. How many of those guys have head coaching jobs? We'll see. Gannon didn't get the Houston job. Yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, the, Quinn didn't get a job. Right. Moore didn't get a job. Right. Um. Glenn Aaron, will be a head coach. Glenn will be. The, he may be a head coach as early as next year. The, the only... Thing you can possibly criticize about, and the, I was rhetorical. Because by the way, the enemy did not get the Saints job because they they just hired Dennis Allen in the last hour. Well, then I guess the enemy didn't interview well again. So that's me, nine teams. To me, he's that, at the Ferris Bueller territory nine to, times. To me, that was his job to lose. It really, really was. They were not happy with Dennis Allen. If they were. They went to brought in Eric Bieniemy at the last minute. Okay. So with that. Um, well, wait, is that, no, that's 10, is that 10? Is that what you said? Because the interview with the Broncos job didn't get it. Yeah. I thought the Broncos job was the eighth. I thought he, I thought he was turned down by eight teams previously. Maybe. So that would make it. I'm 10. losing track to be very yeah. honest with you. It's a lot. It's nearly one third of the league. Right. Has said no to him. Yes. So if they have openings again, I don't know why they would. And there was a report again. in the last hour from Tom Pelissero that, um, the enemy's contract has expired in Kansas city. Is expired? Has expired, yes. Well, I'll tell you, if Mike Kafka was still on staff, maybe they would have made a move. But in this environment, I don't think you can make a move. So getting back to getting back to George Payton and the coaching hires, mm-hmm. right? Listen, Dan Quinn is going to get a job eventually. He may get the Cowboy job. If they start slowly, like if they're one in three after the first four games, right. it would surprise nobody. Right. If Mike McCarthy is fired and Dan Quinn is installed, not as an interim head coach, but as the head coach. No, it'll be period. It'll, you know, it'll be interim, and I'll tell you why. First of all, you don't give somebody the head coaching title just willy-nilly, especially when you have Sean Payton lurking out there, mm-hmm. potentially looking for a job, and Jerry Jones wants him. It will be interim. Yes, I don't I don't know that it will be. Okay. They, they might fire him after the season. Right. But Jerry Jones can afford to cut that check. E- either way. I'm not sure Dan Quinn is interested in taking an interim job. Okay. L- let's look where maybe Peyton did make a mistake on the head coaching hire. If you remember when Vance Joseph got hired, Kyle Shanahan, that was not going to work out here, right? That was not going to work out here. We can agree on that for a bevy of reasons. So they interviewed Shanahan. They did not interview Sean McVay, right? Mm-hmm. You know who else? George Payton. Of all the interviews, who he didn't interview? Mike McDaniel. He interviewed Kevin O'Connell, who's probably getting, who looks like he's getting the Viking job. Right. But not. So Mike one McDaniel. of those guys that he interviewed will get a head coaching job in O'Connell, yeah. most likely. 
But with that, Mike McDaniel, from everything I've heard about this guy, brilliant offensive mind, what if he turns out to be the next McVay? They didn't interview him. I'll tell you this, if Dan Quinn was hired, Dan Quinn wanted McDaniel or Getze as his offensive coordinator. It would have been Getze and not McDaniel because McDaniel's going to be a head coach. Well, if indeed Quinn was hired, he might have gone after McDaniel right away. Maybe the 49ers would have said no. I think Peyton is thorough. I have very little doubt that he's making the right decisions. Should he have interviewed McDaniel? McDaniel? Yeah, I think so. I don't know why they didn't. I, he's had a drinking problem in the past, uh, but I think that's very far in his rearview mirror. There, there have been questions about his overall maturity. Maybe that's why he wasn't getting a lot of interviews. He only got one interview for a head coaching job, McDaniel, right? Mm-hmm. And he got it. He got it. I think one of the reasons why he got it is um, one of the ways in which Mike McDaniel has been praised is his ability to work with, to, to work well with people. Right. And the young hip guy, the critique of Brian Flores coming out of Miami is that there were some strained relationships in that building with, uh, with others, particularly with Chris Greer, the general manager. Right. And they were looking for a more harmonious situation. The other thing with Miami is that if they don't come up with Deshaun Watson, maximizing Tua Tunga Vailoa is an exceptionally high priority. Right. And Tunga Vailoa might do really well in the Shanahan McVay offense. Right. Because it's predicated on being able to move, but also per- being a precise passer. Yep. Tungo Vanloa does not have the strongest arm, but he has an accurate arm. Right. Well, it's one he- reason why I think Kenny Pickett is going to intrigue the Broncos and does intrigue the Broncos. Well, Kenny Pickett. Not Pitt- a strong arm, but it's a very precise arm. Kenny Pickett, from what I have read, had the most impressive of all of the interviews. Yep. The and I read from somewhere by far sizable gap nailed the whiteboard. Yep, as it were. Right, and as Hackett said, that's the type of guy that he is looking for. Intelligent, tough. Those are the two attributes. Small hands, small gloves. His hands are three quarter. If they're eight and a quarter, which did was you the shake previous his, measurement. Did you shake his hand? I did not shake his hand. He you was should've. at the podium. You should have with we, the tape we, measure. In we your didn't hand. have the. It's it's the era of COVID. We don't have. What kind of investigative reporter are you? I asked I asked Pickett about whether being double jointed was an advantage, and when he realized it was an advantage, and he's just like, "Well, I've always been. It's the only thing I've known." If you're double jointed, does that affect you in the cold? Because I know you yeah. don't feel pain if you're double jointed. Yeah, yeah. Really, mean- I didn't realize that. I believe. Tell me, tell me more, Mister Science. I don't believe that you feel pain if you're double jointed. I could be wrong on that. That is interesting. It, it may, may, maybe, well, I'm, maybe I'm making this up. Peyton Manning couldn't. By the time he got here, he couldn't feel his fingertips, so he didn't feel pain, pain in his fingertips. Well, wait. But that was a different matter entirely. That was a nerve issue. Wait, hold on a second. So I'm looking this up. Great radio. But 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 think <laughs> of okay. Um, let's see. Um. If you can take your thumb, you're double jointed, right? And you can bend it, and you can bend it all the way back to your wrist. I don't think you're feeling pain. Are you? 
<sighs> Maybe. So I'm reading right here. Uh, uh, it says being double jointed does not necessarily mean you will not have any pain or difficulty. Okay. I mean, one thing we did see is that uh, when the ball was wet, it was that Wednesday's practice was in an, just a, a monsoon. Right. It felt like, and um, and that was the day he had the most trouble. Yeah. And but there are a lot of quarterbacks who struggle when when the conditions are bad. You know who else has small hands? Joe Burrow has nine inch hands. There we go. That's where I was going. Where's and, and, and here, he's playing Sunday, isn't he? And yes. And now and look, I'll say this on on Joe Burrow. Jim Nagy, who runs the Senior Bowl, and has been in the scouting community a long, long time. The comp he made at the start of the week to those of us who were talking with him on. Kenny Pickett was Joe Burrow. Now, it's a fashionable comp to make because, of course, Joe Burrow is on the tip of everybody's tongue right now. Right. He's the it guy. Kenny Pickett's arm is not quite as strong as that of Joe Burrow. Okay, they're, they're, It's a notch below. But the thing that Pickett does have that Burrow has is the accuracy in the tight windows and the ability to throw receivers open and the anticipatory throws. And he has the same sort. And, and like Burrow, he's a very smart quarterback, very smart person. And you're not picking number one. You're picking number nine. Could Kenny Pickett be good value at number nine? He'll be there at nine. I think that might be the right spot for him. By the way, uh, Joe Burrow was asked if he would be the same quarterback he is today had he not gone to LSU. Yeah. See what his answer was? No, what did he say? Remember how I told you this guy is more like Joe Namath than any other quarterback because of his confidence? Yes. He said, I'd be a shift manager flipping burgers at McDonald's right now <laughs> if I finish my college football career at that community college in Columbus. Ha! At uh, that community uh, college in Columbus. And oh, by the way, what state does he play in? Plays in Ohio. There but you go. He's from the Athens area, which is Ohio right. University. But he just endeared himself to every Michigan fan on the planet. If he wins a Super Bowl, <laughs> trust me, Buckeyes fans won't care. Well, don't forget also, there's another thing with the Bengal fan base. There are, there are probably more Kentucky and Louisville fans mm -hmm. in that fan base right. than Ohio State fans. He probably only offended about... 30% of the Bengal fans. The other 70% probably said right on. If he wins, and the 30%, if they win the Super Bowl, they don't care. If he wins the Super Bowl for the Cincinnati Bengals, Buckeyes fans won't have a leg to stand on criticizing him for that comment. I think they'll be fine. Coming up after the break, speaking of the Super Bowl, you and I were both there on this date today. The Broncos beat the Panthers in Super Bowl 50. What do you remember most leading up to the Super Bowl maze? Because there's one thing when I did the show with Les, we, we had talked about all week and it came true. That's next.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale armor of the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. On this day today, Broncos beat the Panthers Super Bowl 50 in Santa Clara. You and I were both there for the entire week. What do you remember most leading up to the Super Bowl that may have given you a tip that the Broncos were going to win this game because there was something that stuck out to me? I wasn't in the uh, media room where the Panthers were doing their interviews because I was focused on the Broncos. Mm-hmm. But so you watched the press conference. But I, but I saw enough of them. Yeah. They sounded like the Broncos did two years earlier. Which was? Overconfident. Mm. They were confident, but I'll tell you what sticks out to me. Cam Newton, as the week went on, seemed more irritable. He seemed more, not necessarily uncomfortable, but like, I really have to do this. He just seemed not in a good headspace. And then after the game was over, it all flushed out of him. Didn't it? Yeah. He didn't seem like... Because remember, he snapped after he... Because he could overhear Chris Harris Jr. on the other side of the partition talking about how they were... How they figured out Cam. Right. And he had to hear every word. Look, that was a mistake on the NFL's part. They should never have had that type of setup. The Panthers should have been farther away from the Broncos. Okay. But they lost. So they what? lost. Yeah. So what? Deal with it. The Broncos were very like all week. They were very loose. They a lot of them had been there before, right? But but even the ones that that hadn't been there, they were confident. But it, they were confident, but not cocky. But it seemed like they were they were more at ease with things. I think one of the genius things that Gary Kubiak did was they did most of their work before they left Denver. That was when they put in the game plan. Right. That was when they did the heavy film study. By the time they got to California, they were just kind of fine-tuning some things. Right. So I think one of the things that happened for a lot of the players is that they were kind of able to just relax a little bit. Right. And... Enjoy, and and dare I say, enjoy the moments. Enjoy the attention. Enjoy having family come out for a few days. Right. Because I think they, I think the players' families came out on like Thursday. Well, that was a yeah. big. Well, looking at the difference between Fox and Kubiak, besides, you know, we keep banging this drum that Fox did not prepare for crowd noise. When I was walking down the streets in New York City, and it was ten to one Seahawks fans, and I'm thinking this might be a problem. Yeah. Cam Newton seemed tight. Cam Newton seemed irritable. And I'm not suggesting John Fox did not do this, but Gary Kubiak treated the Broncos players like men. 
didn't make him go to a hotel, a separate hotel the night before the game. Right. It, it was, was so, I trust you. Yeah. I we have some we have veterans. I know we're gonna do the right thing. Yeah. Gary Kubiak, I don't know if the Broncos win the soup. Here, how do I put this? And, and I know a lot of people will disagree with me. At the end of the day, if Wade Phillips isn't hired as the defensive coordinator, I don't think the Broncos do what they do. I don't even think they win the division. I think they're they're a wild card team and they're one and done. Gary Kubiak, I don't know if a head coach could have handled the Manning Osweiler situation better than him. And one of the reasons why he handled it so well was he was very clear at the start of the week. Sat down, told the quarterbacks what was happening. Then he went and told the team in the meeting. Correct. And then he went and told us in the media. Right. So what that meant consistent. what that meant was his players didn't have to deal with the incessant questions all week over who the quarterback was right. going to be, over us trying to, to, to extract a nugget of information. It was clear. Osweiler's going to start this week, and that's it. And all of a sudden, it, ta- it wasn't a talking point after that. We'd all, we'd all do our pieces, and we'd have our talk radio bits. Okay. Osweiler starting, and then you'd move on, and then we, and then, and then the train just moved on down the line, and it wasn't something that came up day after day. Right. It was a Gary Kubiak. The thing that struck me about how he handled that season, he handled it in such a mature way that a delicate issue that could have become a problem never was. Have the problems the Broncos gone through since winning the Super Bowl? Is it as simple as Elway could not identify a quarterback? Is it really that simple? It's the biggest thing, but it's not the only thing. Right. And I would say, for example, Gary Kubiak only coaching two seasons was not part of the plan at all. Explain to the class. Well, um, the ideal situation was that Kubiak is the last coach that John Elway hires and that one way or the other, he develops the next franchise quarterback. Yeah, but he didn't like the quarterback that was drafted. Yeah, that and that, that was a, a disconnect that was a problem. That's what, you know, and, and that's where I think, like, it, do, it does come down to the quarterback. It is the most important thing. Right. And that's where the failure began. I mean, really, the, the domino that started, well, the domino that started everything falling was taking Paxton Lynch. Yeah. If you don't make that pick, and if it's, if it's Dak Prescott in round two, for all we know, John Elway's getting ready for his 12th season as general manager. Maybe he doesn't step aside. Right. That was the th- that was the thing. Everything, everything st- started from Paxton Lynch. Yeah. That's because the unwillingness to draft a a, a big armed quarterback that was right there in their backyard that they coached for a week. Mm-hmm. If they don't have the failure of Paxton Lynch, they might have been more willing to pull that trigger on Josh Allen. Right. And. Then and so that's that's that leads to another another set of problems. You keep putting band aids on. You keep having different different type of band aids. Okay, the Joe Flacco band aid didn't work, so maybe Teddy Bridgewater is going to be different. And you know, in truth, Teddy Bridgewater was the most was was the best quarterback the Broncos have had since Manning. Right. 
but that's a little bit like being the tallest bonsai tree. Oh, you love that phrase because you put that on Twitter. I did. Well, it's it's much better and much more politically correct than the, the phrase that used to be thrown around for that sort of comparison. You know what phrase I use? What? It's like being the smartest person in your remedial math class. It's not bad. I made that up because I was the smartest person in my remedial but you were, class. But it worked out pretty well for you. Not really. But I mean, now, he, but, but now here we are in 2022, and you have a new general manager, and you have a new head coach. And even though it's a different administration, one thing that I expect is going to be different is that you will not have, if the Broncos do go quarterback in this draft, mm-hmm. if they don't get Aaron Rodgers, right, you will not have a quarterback that the head coach is not enthusiastically on board with. Right. And all and while George Payton Payton's opinion matters, if Nathaniel Hackett says, I want Kenny Pickett, or I want Sam Howell, or I want even Malik Willis, that's the guy they're getting. Right. I would agree. All right, coming up after the break, our friend Benjamin Albright of KOA put out a very interesting report about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Not so fast that he's coming here. We'll explain why next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, Go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, we have some breaking news that we need to get to. Yep. Mace, what do you got? From Mike Clissa of Nine News on Twitter, Bill Kolar, who's been the Broncos' defensive line coach since 2015, he is moving to a consultant type of role on the staff. Mm. According to Cliss, Kolar said he's pleased with the new role he and Nathaniel Hackett actually uh, go back to being on the staff in Buffalo back in 2008. Also coming from Mike Cliss, Tom McMahon is the new special teams coordinator for Josh McDaniels and the Las Vegas Raiders. That seems like a little bit of a step down from having Rich Pisacci in the role. Josh McDaniels sucks. But uh, the thing with Kolar, we were talking about early in the show, not only kind of a teacher of teachers, but also having somebody who can kind of bounce stuff stuff off of. And Kolar, he's going to be 70 later this year. He's had some, he had some, back surgery in recent years yep. had blood clots i believe 10 years ago so you could see why he would probably want to move to a, a a role that had less of a time commitment right but he's been a he played for eight years he's been coaching in the nfl since 19 wrestled a bear yeah this is somebody who you can who you can lean on and say and ask okay what do you think of this? What would you do? He doesn't. It doesn't have to be a head coach. It can be just somebody like Kolar who's simply seen everything from both sides of the room, the coach side and the player side. I, this is. I think it's it's great. They're going to keep him around. No, I would agree. I just saw something on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to be very curious 
to see if this is actually true. I just saw a report that Tom Brady is following the Broncos. No, he's not. On Twitter, and I'm looking it up right it's now, false. and that is not true. Thank you, Danny. You looked up the same thing? Yes, Alex brought it to my attention. Or, yeah. yeah, we were looking at it back here, and he doesn't he doesn't follow that many people, so it's pretty easy to fact check. 123, that's right. By the way, Von Miller, media day today mm-hmm. saying, I always wanted to be a Denver Bronco forever. I'll always be a Denver Bronco forever. I'm just in L.A. working. You know, his Twitter bio still says Denver Bronco. Does it really? Yes, he hasn't changed it. We talk about Kyler Murray's Twitter and Instagram bio. Yeah. Von Miller, his twi- his picture on his uh, Twitter page is still him as a Bronco, yep. and it still says Denver Bronco in his bio. And look, he loves where he is, he, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yep. But if the Broncos get Aaron Rodgers, do not be surprised right. to see Von Miller come back on a cut rate deal. Uh it's funny. I have that in the show notes. We've had it there for about a week. Yes. Um, and we'll talk more about that probably later this week, but I want to get to this report from our friend uh, Benjamin Albright from KOA. He said the Packers have put together a mega deal for Aaron Rodgers, which would make him the highest paid quarterback per year in league history. This contract would force many guys to restructure, and if they don't, a lot of the defense could be gutted. Knowing this, do you think Rodgers will take the money? And from what I've been told, and I can't repeat it on air, it would be a lot. A lot. And he would by far and away be the highest paid quarterback. With that, I thought I said he didn't want to be part of a rebuild. Because if you look at anybody getting paid probably over $10 million, like, I don't know, Zadarius Smith, Mm -hmm. they're going to say to him, do you want to, uh, you know, restructure or we got to move you out? Unless it's a completely backloaded deal that results in some ridiculous amount on the Packers cap hitting after Aaron Rodgers retires. Here's the thing. And that is very possible here. That they, that they could structure this to basically put it all on credit card and say when Aaron Rodgers retires, we're just going to have to take a hit for a year or two. If I'm Zadarius Smith, I'm looking at this saying, man, we couldn't get out of our first game against the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo. We just lost two offensive coaches. And I get Aaron Rodgers is great. And I know the NFC isn't loaded with quarterbacks like the AFC now that especially Tom Brady is retired. I'll tell you what, though. Did you see the who the Packers hired as their special teams coordinator? They made a very good hire. They hired Rich Pisaccia. Right. And that is the type of hire that is a signal to Aaron Rodgers that we're going to make sure that what felled us mm-hmm. is fixed. Yeah. Special teams has been an issue in Green yeah, Bay. Yeah, how many for some points time. did they score against the 49ers? I know. Yeah, exactly. The offense didn't score enough, no doubt. And what's going to happen? Score ten points, right? But they still and they just lost. But they, they win that, but they probably win that game ten to three. Yeah. If they don't have a punt blocked. No, I'm I'm totally with you. But on that, that. But, the, but but the thing is, the Bisaccia hiring that's not a cap thing. That is, let's spend as much money as we can on the best person we can find for the job. I I say this with no disrespect to the new offensive coordinator for the Packers, and I can't even remember his name. But if you if you asked Aaron Rodgers, give me two guys on the offensive staff you don't want to lose, the new offensive coordinator would not be on that list. It would be Getzey and it would be Hackett right. in no particular order. I understand LaFleur calls the place. Totally get that. 
And I'm sure Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to his decision, it'll be made in the latest mid-March. I think it comes earlier than that. It might. Watch. I'll bet you it comes. You know why I think it's going to come next week? Because I bet you it comes when I'm on my vacation. Because that's when these things tend to happen. Right. The Broncos traded for Joe Flacco when I was walking around Key West. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he has a better chance to go to a Super Bowl with the Packers than he does the Broncos. Yes. But I think with Aaron Rodgers on this team, this offense is considerably better and does not get shut down like it did against the 49ers. Yeah. Now, their defense, I think, is probably going to be average. Well, their defense is going to take a major hit. If Rodgers comes back. Right. More than likely. You mean the Packers or the Broncos? The Packers. Yeah. Well, I think both, even the Broncos defense is not going to be as good because you you got better. You hopefully got better as a head coach from Nathaniel Hackett. Yeah. And your offense should be better. But Vic Fangio schemed that defense probably above what it should have been the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll see what this new guy what? from the Rams, Evero, does. And as far as losing players... You're gonna lose. Well, you're not gonna be able to build up in the draft if you trade for Aaron Rodgers. And that, and that's. But you the, still have money to spend. You have money to spend, but the the kind of the conundrum that comes up if you do trade for Aaron Rodgers is yep. he's gonna is that all of a sudden it becomes harder to replace a safety. Now you hope Caden Stearns can be the guy, right? That's it becomes harder to replace Bryce Callahan becomes harder to find that edge rusher that you need because you're not going to have the draft capital to do it. I mean, look, the idea, kind of the ideal situation if you try would be find your quarterback of the future, and, and if he's elite, great, and then you can take care of all the other needs. I mean, that's the thing, and we talked about it a lot on Friday. Might uh, you be, be better off taking Kenny Pickett at nine and then uh, taking some of your draft capital, taking those two second-round picks, moving up to the back end of the first round, getting an edge rusher, and then getting a right tackle on uh, day two of the draft. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? You guys talked earlier about the Rockies and some changes in the research and development department. What should they prioritize once the lockout ends? And also a lot of criticism of the Pro Bowl over the weekend, uh, all-star events, are always fun for the fans, but who's got the best all-star events? That's next after the break right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Have some more breaking news coming out of the Broncos per a source from Ryan O'Halloran, who's the uh, beat writer for the Denver Post. Zach Azani, wide receivers coach, is sticking around. And so is offensive assistant Justin Riscotti. You probably know Riscotti a little bit more than I do. Yeah, but uh, Zach Azani, of course, is the wide receivers coach and uh Certainly, he kind of fits in the uh, the young template 
that the Broncos appear to have for the coaches that uh, will be on the staff. So I'm not really surprised that Azani is sticking around. I'm not surprised either. And I'm also not surprised that um, their defensive line coach for many years, Bill Kolar, is going to be sticking around as a consultant. So they're they're keeping the right guys. The only guy I'm really surprised about was their linebackers coach they let go. Yeah, Reggie Herring, that that was a little bit of a shock. And I think part of it is because you look at the job that he did last year, basically having to bring in guys on the fly and get them up to speed. Thought he, right. thought he did a tremendous job uh, getting them ready to play, but uh, Broncos going in a, in a different direction again. I, I, I don't want to judge until I see kind of the overall composition of the staff, but it's a good sign they brought Bill Kolar back, and I think there'll probably be at least one more kind of old, old set of hands in there as well. Time now for the buzz. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Wait, real quick. We have some more breaking news. Okay. And you may have heard me go, oh. Yeah. And I just did for good reason. Mike McCoy is back in the NFL. The former Broncos offensive coordinator will be joining the Jacksonville Jaguars as their quarterbacks coach. Okay, well, that's better than offensive coordinator, a guy trying to move his way in. Listen, let's think about this first. So who's the head coach for the Jacks? Doug Peterson. Well, you have one guy who's uh, kind of a tool in Doug Peterson. Former pro quarterback, though. Oh, oh I got gotcha. you. Mm. Well, at least Mike McCoy's not going to be looking to take his job like you do with Vance Joseph. Yeah, and the thing with Mike McCoy, he was... He wasn't trying to take Vance Joseph's job. Yes, as, he was. As much as he was trying to use that to get a head coaching job again. He was and he called, toxic. He called plays that were beyond the capability of what that offense had because he wanted to put something on a resume to get a head coaching job. He was toxic. Absolutely toxic. Go ahead, Danny. Just in case you missed it, multiple outlets have published pieces on what each MLB team's priority should be when the lockout ends. CBS Sports wrote that for the Rockies, they should take calls about Herman Marquez as he is the most valuable piece they have maybe in a trade situation. Bleacher Report said the Rockies should sign left fielder Kyle Schwarber. Are either of those options enticing to you? Which one more so? And uh, is there something else that maybe you had in mind as a priority the Rockies should have post-lockout? I have been told that Kyle Schwarber is their number one target. They want him on this roster. I don't know if they can afford him because he has a lot of suitors, but they want him on this roster. And as for Herman Marquez, all-star last year, good good season overall, 1.27 uh, whip. A 4.4 ERA. With Marquez, if you trade him, you'd be trading at a relative high value here. The the old cliche, buy low, sell high. And to throw it back to what we talked about at 4.15, if they were to trade Marquez and get quite a bit for him, he should because, you know, he's a number two he's probably a, a very good number two starter for somebody right and that would fetch a decent amount of prospect value trading him would tell me that the Rockies have a big picture long haul perspective and it would tell me that the new people coming in from the Nationals the Dodgers the Wraith into that organization 
already are having an impact on the philosophy of what the Rockies are trying to do. Rather than trying to band-aid things and maximize a, a minimal return right now, you're focused on something longer haul. That that would be a good sign, I think, if they trade Marquez. Just in case you missed it, both the Pro Bowl and NHL All-Star Weekend were held in Las Vegas within the last couple days. Our local Coors Field was the site of the MLB All-Star festivities last summer and the NBA All-Star Game dunk contest, three-point contest, etc. will all be in just about two weeks. Which league has the best All-Star Weekend? I'd say Major League Baseball does. In part because the Home Run Derby is such has become such an iconic event and also because the nature of baseball means that its game is the best of the four majors in major sports. Because with football, hockey, basketball, clearly everyone is downshifting. Just the nature of the sports. If you're in football and hockey, you don't want to have collisions. You don't want to get hurt. In basketball, kind of, you know, it's you know very much kind of a free flowing, let everyone make plays mentality. The baseball all-star game is the closest to approximating the intensity and, and meaning of an actual game except it just has, obviously, the best players in the sport. And so that, plus the home run derby, I think the MLB All-Star week or, you know, period, it's, it's not a weekend, but the MLB All-Star game experience is by far the best. I agree. Yeah, football has a problem. The nature of the sport means that nobody wants to take superfluous collisions, but the brief part of the Pro Bowl I watched yesterday, Danny, I've seen more intense walkthroughs, and I know J.J. Watt had a similar sentiment on Twitter as well. Yeah, I believe uh, Dion Sanders was another one who said, yeah. when I was there, I wanted to show everybody what Prime was all about, and he went out and gave it his all. Yeah, it, we're not that far removed from the Pro Bowl being an actual gameplay with actual collisions. Remember the hit that Sean Taylor had on Brian Mormon back in, I believe, uh, the January 07 Pro Bowl? Yeah, well, it's you don't have to go more than a generation back to see that when it was still kind of a legitimate game. I remember Rod Smith taking a hit having blood streaming down his nose from the Pro Bowl. Yeah, now it's just kind of a farce. Yeah, maybe they should just switch it to a flag football game. Yeah, basically what it was. That's kind of what it is anyway. Uh, So now we have pretty much all of the head coaches in the NFL. The vacancies are all filled. Uh, The Vikings expected to hire Kevin O'Connell once they're able to. So besides Nathaniel Hackett, which we all love for Denver. What is your favorite hiring of this NFL uh, coaching cycle? Oh, gosh, I'd have to go through all of them. All right, so I'll list them here. Yep. Bears, Matt Eberflus. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett. I'm going to go McDaniel. I'm going to go McDaniel. McDaniels. McDaniel, not McDaniels. I said McDaniel. Yeah. Thank you, McDaniel, cor- Miami. Thank you for correcting my correct answer. <laughs> well, no, I'm clarifying it for the listener because there's, lo- there's a lot of people that are getting McDaniel and McDaniels confused, and we're seeing that on social media as well. Right. Um, I like the McDaniel hire in Miami. I think he could be the right guy for Tua Vailoa to get him going. And even though I've expressed my skepticism about the Patriot way transferring, mm-hmm. I think it's going to work out for Josh McDaniels differently than it did last time. I think so, too. I do, too. And I think he and Derek Carr are going to have a very good season together. Yep, I would agree. Right, I'm interested to see what Lovey Smith does in Houston. 
I think that was an interesting uh, promotion. I don't think it's so much a hire as a promotion because he was already inside the organization. I th- yeah, but I mean, I, there's the way everything went down with that hire. I mean, he's he's basically taking the job with the the deck stacked against him. It, it's it's going to be tough for him for to do that. And, and oh, by the way, if the Texans move on from Lovey Smith after this year, much as they did David Culley, how is that going to look to everyone around the league? You you basically. You've put yourself in a situation where you ha- you you have to keep Lovey Smith even if you go 0-17. You really do. The far score organization right now is Houston. All right, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Alex, great job today push, pushing all the right buttons on MyLifeSports.com. Danny, you were sensationally marginal, as always. <laughs> as for you, Mace, you weren't much better, but I was worse. <laughs> so we'll all try and do better tomorrow, obviously, except for Alex. Alex, you here tomorrow? Are you doing the show? You're not? Well, then you're like George Costanza. You're leaving on a high note. Make it the best possible night you can. Mm-hmm.